Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 220 of the Ask the Coach show, where ping skills helps you improve your table tennis. For Technique Tuesday, we'll be talking about a video that we called I Can't Return That Smash. In the questions, we'll talk about sponge thickness, twiddling the bat for serving, hiding the ball when serving, and maintaining the correct position when playing table tennis. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Good morning, Jeff, and how are you this morning? Yes, I'm very good, thank you. Um, my hamstring's getting better slowly, which is good news. That is good news. We need you running around shortly. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> and, um, yeah, what I want to know, Alois, is what happened on the 9th of February in history. I'm really getting into this segment now. Ah, see? See, I knew you would. I knew you'd love it. So there's a couple of things. <clears throat> so... In 1895, volleyball was invented. Now, volleyball, um, it was invented in Massachusetts, but um, it, it does lay claim to being the biggest sport in the world. You know, we all know that it isn't. We all know that um, table tennis is the best and biggest sport in the world, but uh, volleyball does lay claim to it, you know, on different grounds, you know, some dodgy grounds they, they go for. Um, Aren't they the same grounds that uh, we use, like number of registered associations or something? Uh, let's not get into technicalities, Jeff. Um, everyone okay. knows that, that table tennis is bigger and better. Um, but also in 1992, the world yodeling record was uh, was um, was done um, with with. Let me get get this: twenty two tones and 15 falsettos in one second. How about that? Wow, that's good. <laughs> Excellent demonstration. Thank you. Nice work. All right, yodeling. If, if anyone can yodel, let us know. I don't know anybody, well, except for Alloys, as he just demonstrated, that can yodel. If you can yeah. yodel, let us know. We Love to hear from to, you. Right. We did go to the Cuckoo restaurant a couple of years ago, Jeff, um, and uh, there was a good demonstration of some yodelling there. German yes. restaurant here in Melbourne. Yep, some yodelling and some thigh slapping, dancing. Good restaurant, the Cuckoo, if you're in Melbourne. Yeah, give it a try. All right. Um, let's move on to Technique Tuesday, Alois. Now, we've got a video called I Can't Return That Smash. What's this got to do with Technique? Yes. So um, we we often get this question about, um, you know, what do you do when um, someone smashes at you? And, you know, the, the technique here is that that's too late. So what you need to be doing with your technique is making sure that you're keeping that ball lower and into different positions that is more difficult for your opponent. So how do we keep the ball lower? So with your pushing, for example, um, I often see pe push, people pushing, so they might get the angle of their stroke right, but then they push up on the ball, and that's going to get the ball higher. So when you push, you need to make sure that you're brushing underneath the ball to get the ball lower. With your um, forehands, um, you need to similarly 
turn your racket over a little bit so that you're brushing over the top of the ball to keep the ball lower. So keeping that ball low is the real key to how you improve, how to uh, return smashes. You don't want people smashing. Once people are smashing, they're in, they're in the box seat. So you need to go back one step. Think about your technique of how you're going to keep that ball lower over the net. And that's the first thing. And the second thing is make sure you're placing the ball well um, on the table so that it's more difficult for your opponent to make that uh, stronger shot. So if I put the ball a little bit higher to your backhand, perhaps, um, maybe you can't play the ball as strongly as if I put the ball a little bit higher to your forehand. So so think about the technique of, of what you're doing with your strokes to make sure you're keeping that ball lower over the net. Yes, excellent. I love that advice. And you can use it in so many ways, Alice. I guess on your serve, you can serve the ball low and short so it would bounce twice so your opponent can't take a big swing. And if you do all this, then you're likely to be the one doing the smashing. And, you know, that's obviously much better for your prospects of winning the point. Absolutely. That's right. All right, everyone. Well, there you go. That's Technique Tuesday. Get out there and try and stop your opponent from making the attack and try and make the attack yourself. That is good advice. All right. Now, Alois, yesterday we asked the Pink Sealers question of the day, which was, how should you approach training sessions to get the most benefit? What were the responses? Yep, so good response again. So Thad said, simple, be positive. I like that. You know, if you go into that um, that training session with a positive attitude, then it's always going to be good. Um, Howard said, with happy anticipation is a no, I'm getting better. Like it. Um, Eugene, focus, enjoy, and never give up. Good advice. Dominic said, understand why you were there in the first place. There is a time to rest and make small talk afterwards. Work hard for the hours you were there and the results will show. Good. Dana said, I like to work on something different each session, which keeps my mind focused. So that's important. You know, like you've got to maintain that interest during the training session. So it keeps his mind focused on the task at hand so he can improve in every aspect of his game. Too much of the same thing over and over again gets boring. Variety, I like it. Um, Ilya, with a hope that this time you will have a partner to play drills, not just only matches. And we do get that a bit, don't we? We we find that um, that ping skillers, you know, are going to clubs and going to um, training, and they have this um, uh, training plan and idea of how to train now. But trying to find someone else to to match that and to train with you is important. So, you know, it's a matter of going out and searching and trying to find those, um, that right person or those right people that you can surround yourself with when you're, um, when you're doing your training. So, yeah, yeah that's interesting, Alois, because I feel like um, training can be a lot of fun, but people think it's kind of hard work or boring and they'd rather just play matches. But I think, you know, if they knew the proper way to train they might actually enjoy it and then they'll get the added benefit of improving, which means they'll start enjoying table tennis even more. Yeah, that's right. And that, that improvement, you know, um, and it's hard to get that message across to everyone. Improvement comes by proper training. Um, so just going out and playing games in matches really doesn't 
doesn't um, cut it as far as your improvement and your development. You do need to do your drills. You do need to, to practice your, your skills. Otherwise, that improvement um, is much, much slower. So, yeah, so let's get that message across and try to find more players that um, are training uh, rather than just going down to the club and playing games. Yes. So, yeah, for our premium members, we have the 52-week training plan where each week we give you a new uh, training session. And one of the big things in this, Alloys, is having a focus for each session. So, and in the, in the answers to that Pink Seals question of the day, a lot of people touched on this, but you're really big on having a focus for your session. Yeah, that's right. So every time you go to, to training, you know, think about what am I doing here? What am I trying to improve? If you've got that clearly in your head, then that training session can be beneficial. So, um, for example, today I might be uh, focusing on my third ball with my forehand. So, so um, when you're warming up, you know, you're, you're thinking about your forehand, thinking about your technique for your topspin. When you um, start doing your your footwork drills, you might be uh, thinking about the same thing, thinking about uh, trying to do that forehand topspin. And then in your match drills, you can focus a lot. You can do one or two different match drills on serve and third ball with the forehand. So, so then by the end of the session, you've, you've done that um, skill and drill a lot and you feel like you've improved something. Um, if you just go there and train, then drills can be boring because you, you can be doing the same drill for three days in a row um, and you've got no purpose to it. Whereas if you're doing that drill with a purpose of improving your forehand, third ball or whatever it is, then you, you start to feel that improvement happening and um, you get that sense of achievement as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll put a link in the show notes to a, a PDF which is lays out a training session for you or the structure of a training session. And one of the first questions there is what is the focus of the session. So I'll put a link up, people, you can start using that. And like I said, we've got the 52-week training plan for premium members and each week we've got one of these filled out for everyone. So if you're interested in that, take a look at our premium membership at pingskills.com. Yeah, and the other the other thing that we do have in our free download section, and you can find the free download section if you go right to the bottom of our uh, web pages. So on the free uh, download section, there's also training drills. So there's a free download there of um, a whole lot of training drills that you can utilize um, during your training session as well. Yes, good point. All right, now, Alois, let's move on to today's Ping Skillers question, which is, how do you block out distractions when you are playing table tennis? So as always, go to our Facebook page at Facebook dot com slash ping skills or to our blog at pingskills.com and let us know how do you block out distractions when you are playing table tennis all right now alloys are you ready for the questions certainly am all right all right here we go here's a tricky one from mike d who's asked it using the google q a app he says back in the day the mid 80s to early 90s I played with rubber, which had 2.5 thickness. Nowadays, the sponges go up to 2.2 or max. If thicker sponges means more speed and spin, then why did the sponges get thinner? Yeah, so um, it's probably got something to do. So the, the rule is now that the combination of your um, 
the sponge. You see that well? So the sponge, the yellow part, and the, the red part have to be less than four millimetres together. So um, if you start to go too thick with the sponge, then that's going to get uh, over that four millimetre uh, limit and you won't be able to use the uh, the rubber. So this is that's the way that um, um, it's measured. So they, they get... They get an actual measure and they see what the, what the thickness of that um, of that uh, total sponge is. And in international tournaments, they will do racket testing where they will actually measure the thickness of that sponge. So if your sponge is 2.5 mil, then you're probably going to be over over the limit uh, with the total of the 4 mil. So that's, that's yeah. Why. Now I don't really know the history of this rule alloys, but it sounds to me like. Um, it's been introduced to try and slow the game down a bit like the bigger balls or something. Because as uh, as Mike said, you know, why not allow just really thick sponges? Yeah, and, and that will be it. And the other thing that they were, um, I'm not sure how or where it all fits in, but so with gluing, if you um, glue, glue with speed glue, that expands the um, the sponge. So then that does become greater than four millimeters as well. So um, so if you're if you're gluing that that will be picked up by the thickness of your sponge as well. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, interesting question, Mike. Um, yeah, I just presume it's probably one of those measures to try and slow the game down to make it better for spectators. That's just just a guess. All right. Um, <laughs> now, Victor has a very interesting question. Now, Lois, I'm not sure if this is in your field of expertise, but he says, do you know how I can grow taller? I'm 177 centimetres, my mum's 166, and my brother's 179, my dad's 182. Can I increase my height by five centimetres? <laughs> I turned 16 in March and I want to be uh, taller. <laughs> yeah, the rack. Yeah. So what you need to do is tell you, uh, no, don't. Um, Victor, you just got to accept what height you are, you know. like um, So you talk about GH there, um, growth hormone. No need, you know, like there's no need to get into, uh, into all those sorts of supplements. Just accept how tall you are. Um, and, you know, you're almost 16 and, and people have different uh, growth times. It's probably your time to grow naturally. Don't get into all that stuff. Growth hormones, no. Good advice. Good advice. All right, next up is a question from Mark who says, and I think this is going to be more along your lines of expertise, Alois. Um, He says, I've decided to try short pips on the forehand. However, effective service requires my inverted backhand side and my most practiced serves, the Tom Hawk backspin, are forehand. So is it better to learn and practice backhand serves or add a twiddle to my serves? Yeah. So um, I would say add a twiddle. So this is long pimples, but um, same principle. So if you've got short pimples on your forehand and normal on the other side, um, so to serve, um, you, you're going to find it difficult to generate a lot of spin with that short pimple. So what you're going to do is you're going to start with the inverted rubber on on your forehand side, do your serve, and in the follow through, you just switch, uh, flip your bat over. Um, the more you practice that that flipping, the faster it's going to get. So you just be able to flip it really quickly. 
and um, and it'll all become natural. So, I mean, you serve, bang, you're ready to play your next shot with your normal, uh, with your uh, pimples, sorry, other way around. Serve, bang, and play the forehand with your pimples. So, um, and I, it I seems that... like a bit of a difficult skill, but people tend to pick it up really quickly, Alois, and it's something you can just practice even, you know, just sitting on the couch. You can just practice a serve, practice a serve motion and a twiddle. Practice a serve motion and a twiddle. And if you do that, you'll start to get the hang of it really quickly. Yeah, that's 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 a good uh, good way of practicing. Remember John Hilton, um, an Englishman who who was an Australian, um, who won the European Championships. Um, uh, that's how he used to practice his twiddling, just sitting on the couch and and um, and practicing the, the twiddling of the bat. So yeah, easy to do. And you, yeah, you'll be surprised how quickly you pick it up and how how quick you can get with the twiddle as well. There you go. All right, Mark, learn how to twiddle. Keep. Uh, keep working on it. Um, now, Tom Raj MC has just jumped on and said, what is the best ping skill? Maybe he means who is the best ping skiller and clearly it is me. Uh, incorrect. Uh, so in, incorrect answer. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Or maybe but- he means what's the best ping skills video? Maybe, or what's what's the best or the most important skill? Maybe we've got a video on that one. What's the most important skill? So, yeah, for me, you know, being able to put the ball on the table, but also I reckon, you know, just being able to do a good forehand topspin. If you can do that, then that's a really good skill, and you can improve your game pretty quickly. There you go. Yeah, good point. Now, just on that, Alois, I always wonder about this because a bit of a tangent here, but people. A lot of people find the forehand easier than the backhand um, when learning to topspin. But the, there's some players out there that just are much better at the backhand. So is the backhand topspin harder to learn or is it just that people tend to focus more on the forehand and spend more time practising the forehand? Yeah, I, I, I really think it is. I think it's just um, that people tend to play um, the, the forehand more I mean, the only thing is that with the forehand, you do have a little bit more flexibility in uh, what where you can hit that ball because of the extension of the arm. Um, the backhand, uh, it tends to be um, easier when the ball's in front of you here. So here, um, it gets difficult out here and out there. But, you know, um, there are players now that have stronger backhands than forehands. So it is possible. Um yeah, just see 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 where you fit in. See what feels comfortable for you. If if you um, have a stronger backhand, use it. Use it lots. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I always found it a little bit more difficult with the backhand if if you had to move to the ball to get into the right position. And I think that's probably what you're saying with the forehand. You got a little bit more wiggle room because of the arm. But yeah, interesting. Interesting. All right, let's move on to a question from Yap. And Yap asks, my opponent always leave their hand up till the last minute when the ball comes down. This is when they're serving. And they move away their hand so I only have a little time to watch the contact of the ball. He did not break the rules as he moved his hand away at the last minute. What are your thoughts on this, Alois? Yeah, so firstly, um, Yap, he is breaking the rule. So the rule says that you've got to get your arm away as 
um, as straight after you throw the ball up. So as soon as you throw the ball up, you've got to make that attempt to uh, drag the arm out of the way. Now, as we know, the top players do push the boundaries and they do um, let that arm linger around there a little bit long. But that's what the rule is, that you know, as soon as you throw the ball up, you've got to get it out of the way. The, the intent is that your opponent needs to be able to see the contact. If they're not seeing the contact clearly, then the, the serve is definitely illegal. So that's where you need to start to um, start your base to, to think about um, the service rule. So when you throw the ball up, get your arm out of the way so that your opponent can see that um, see that uh, serve. So in the in the question, um, uh, Yap also gives a link to uh, one of Zuzin's serves, and you see there that he does let that arm linger around a little bit uh, long but he does get it out of the way before he um, makes the contact. So, yeah, as long as, as long as they can see the contact, I think it's all right. But the rule definitely clearly states that you've got to get that arm out of the way um, as soon as you as soon as you can. Yeah, and as we always say, Alois, this is tricky, especially if you're just playing a match and you're umpiring yourself. It, you know, you're going to cause a lot of tension if you start calling faults, uh, maybe some arguments. It's a hard one to deal with, isn't it? It is. Um, that service rule, where do we go with it? Yes. Keep thinking, ping skillers. Yes. Anyway, um, yeah, so, yeah, just maybe just have a chat to your opponent, um, familiarise them with the rules, see how it goes. Um, anyway, yep, let's... So, yeah, yep. so, Jeff, often um, players don't, don't know where to find the rules, so there are rule books around, but if you go to the ittf.com uh, site... Um, go to their main page. There's a main page link. Go down to regulations, um, and there you've got the full rules and exactly how the ITTF lay the rules out. So, um, so that's a that's a good document to to print out and to have with you as well. Um, we have a, a truncated version of the rules or a simplified version of the rules as well on our um, site. So we'll put links to both of those. Um, but yeah, handy to have uh, with you or at least know where to find them because if you are unsure or if there's a bit of controversy, then you can refer back and say, okay, yep, you're right, I'm right. Have a look. Here it is. Absolutely. All right. Good point. Um, we will put the links on, as Alloy said, so you can find them on our blog at pingskills.com. All right. Um, now... Let's move on to a question from Fabio, who says, I struggle keeping the right crouched stance. I start being a bit jumpy, coming up somehow and stopping to have the more efficient and correct compact stance. Are there any specific physical conditioning that I can do to help in this area? Um, yeah, so I think for me, leg strength is the, is the key here. Um, so things like squats and lunges, um, those sort of exercises increase your leg strength um, and then uh, that will translate into your ability to hold that position uh, better. So um, yeah, we always say with these sort of things, go to, um, go to a gym, get some professional advice on things that you can do personally uh, um, to increase that leg strength. You know, everyone's not the same. So if one person goes and tries to do leg, uh, you know, squats with um, 200 pounds, 
they're probably going to collapse in a heap and do themselves a lot of injury. So it's really important to, to get some proper advice, go and um, see someone that can work you through developing that leg strength uh, properly. The other, the other thing that I've seen um, work really well is just, is also just some uh, triggers. You know, I talk about uh, Dr. Ross Pinder, who works with our para uh, table tennis squad here in Australia and some ideas that he's given us. So, so one is to get that um, feedback of when you are um, coming up. So often you don't know that you're coming up. So what he does is, and I've mentioned this one before, so he puts something, it's a pool noodle, so a long foam thing, just puts it above their heads. So when when you're playing, as soon as you come up, you feel your, your, your head um, tapping against the pool noodle. The other one is that there is a, a tennis contraption that uh, tennis players use. Um, so what it is, it, there's a belt around you and then there's some um, uh, elasticised straps between the belt and your ankles. So um, you you tighten that to whatever tension, just so it keeps you in that um, in that bent position. As soon as you come up a little bit, the the elastic um, stretches, and you start to feel the um, the resistance there, which keeps you lower as well. So we'll put a link to um, to uh, one of those uh, tennis. Uh, straps that you can um, find pretty easy to make i think uh, or you know just something that you can make um that will help you uh, just to just to have that memory or, or that um feedback of when you are uh, coming up wow that sounds interesting alois um we should get one of those and film a video um just demonstrating it and, and providing some feedback on how effective it is interesting okay. yep well and you're using it jeff you're you're the one doing the footwork awesome. all right once my hammy gets better, I'll I'll be I'll give it a go. Good, awesome. All right, now Alois, I don't think um, Victor, aka Brocky, has taken your advice about uh, just accepting his height to heart here because he wants to know if um, does bar hanging make me taller? Um, <laughs> Victor, wrong people to ask. All you're going to get from us is. Accept your height. Don't worry about anything else. Uh, So wouldn't that just make your arms longer? So you just look (laughs) more like a gorilla. So yeah, and apparently longer arms are really important for basketball. Um, If your if your arm span is longer than your height, you've got a good chance at being excellent at basketball. What if you're four foot six? Still, it surprises people and you can block them, you know, and not many, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just a fact, just statistically a fact. Well, there you go. Interesting. Who would have thought of that, huh? <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that wraps up the show, Alois. Show 220 done and dusted. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks for your questions. We love answering them. And, of course, Alois, thank you for your wise words of wisdom. Thank you, Jeffrey, and uh, thank you as well. And uh, we will see you tomorrow morning, bright and early. And uh, Ping Skillers, get your questions in to the Ask the Coach page and, um, we'll, and we might even u- utilise them on the show. Or you can go straight to the Google Plus page and ask your question there. So looking forward to some good questions for tomorrow. Bye.